This is the Bro Storm Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening, as always. In this week's episode, we get into NFL takeaways, best bets, as always, and a little NBA quote game at the end. Spoiler alert, Scott and intern P aren't very good at determining NBA quotes. It's going to be a good episode. Stay with us throughout. It's Bro Storm Sports. With your hosts, Sasha and Scott Bushka. He's a sports talk show host named Sasha, named after Sasha Radunovich. And Scott's a wisdom-seeking, educated networking guy who works in the sports industry. Featuring intern P, the basement beer pong world champion. So put on your bro coat. It's time for a bro storm. Welcome into Bro Storm Sports. Uh, another classy intro by Hi-Fi Productions there. I decided to join the Backwards Hat Club tonight. It is Monday, November 14th, and we just saw the last undefeated NFL team fall. I'm your host, Sasha Bushka, joined as always by my brother, Scott Bushka, and intern P. How's everyone doing tonight? Not good. Not We're not doing good at the Bushka household. Uh, what happened? What happened? I might have lost two different bets on the Monday night game today. Who knew the Eagles, who have turned the ball over three times all season, were going to turn the ball over three times against the Washington Seawards. Um, and on top of that, I saw the news that Giselle is already dating again. I did some Google searching and realized that it was not intern P, um, which is just, <laughs> just depressing for intern P and the Brostorm sports brand in general. So... I'm I'm heavily drinking Boulevard tonight. Unless uh, unless intern P is a jujitsu trainer, I think you are correct in that assertion. I feel like intern P is the opposite of a jujitsu trainer. I don't like, know as, what a jujitsu trainer does. Like they just train. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know. Wait, can you pre- can you pronounce that again? Just one more time I, for the listeners. I, I, jujitsu. Close enough. Is that better? Okay, fair. So. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna rally. I'm gonna rally for the pod. I'm ready to go. I promise you, Sasha. Awesome, awesome. Uh, already a Giselle and Tom reference uh, early in the show. I like to see that. Speaking of which, Tom Brady is now undefeated since the divorce has been finalized. Uh, got a big win in Germany over the weekend. So we're gonna start off the show tonight uh, with some some of our NFL Week Ten takeaways. But also as the season progresses and we're getting later in the season, we're gonna start looking ahead a little bit more. Talk about some stuff going on for week 11 as well. So our nerd wallet affiliate, Scott, I'm sure has some takeaways and look aheads to get us started. Oh, we're back to the back to the nerd wallet reference, huh? Looking looking for a sponsor, intern You reference Boulevard. We got Hi-Fi Productions. You just got to throw them all out there. So, all right. Week 10 takeaways. I was going to start with the that like drunk, I don't know. Uh, methamphetamine game, the Bills Vikings, and then the the Commanders went ahead and beat the Eagles at home. I don't know. It in some ways the league got back to normal this week. Um, somehow the old guys fought back. Right, you had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who we had left for dead, uh, both win. It turns out that Tom Brady, the goat, is actually still better than Geno Smith. Who knew? Or at least on Sunday, I have learned never ever. Also, another learning from this week, never bet on any games in Europe. Playing American football in Europe is not to be trusted, just in general. But I don't know. I, I, think, we had, I, I think we had probably the game of the season so far, right? That Bills-Vikings game, which was just wild. Bills are ahead 27-10 to 10 in the third quarter. You had probably one of the most ridiculous catches of all time by Justin Jefferson, who just went bananas. Um, but I don't know. I, you know. I've been watching a lot of stuff of like, does that game tell us more about the Vikings or the Bills? Uh, I think it tells us more about the Bills. Josh Allen has now thrown six picks in the last three games. Four of those are in the red zone. He has nine turnovers total in the last three games, 18 on the season. And he's just making inexplicable throws when you can't make them like that throw at the end of the game. A field goal ties it for them. Right. And they're on like the 15 yard line and he throws the ball directly to Patrick Peterson. The Bills are now two and nine uh, in one score games over the last two years. And they went from what looked like to be in control of home field advantage um, in the playoffs to now they're behind the Chiefs, which I guess is good news for us of those those of us that are Chiefs fans, um, but not great for the Bills. So, yeah, that was I mean, that was the game of the week that was like, I don't know what's going on with Josh Allen. I don't think it was his elbow because he was fine on every other throw or every other play. 
Um, but that was clearly the game that everyone's talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I agree that it tells us more about the Bills because uh, the reality is we knew two things going into that game: the Bills can't win close games, and Kirk Cousins can't perform in prime time. We didn't learn anything different about Kirk Cousins in prime time because it wasn't a prime time game. But we confirmed our assertion that the Bills can't win close games. So that's kind of the way I look at that. Um, we were I was joking with a friend earlier today that the Vikings are going to petition the league to like play the Vikings playoff games at the same time as another game. So Kirk Cousins doesn't have to play a standalone game or at least not play <laughs> after the sun goes down. Uh, like give him the noon slot every time until the Super Bowl. And then, you know, the Super Bowl is going to be played at night. But beyond that, um, the Vikings, they, they look pretty good and, and they should, right? Like they have weapons. They have Justin Jefferson. Thielen's still making plays here and there. They just picked up TJ Hawkinson and Kirk Cousins is decent most of the time. But the Bills, I mean, you have the ball. You're on the goal line. And I heard some people saying they should have just taken a safety on purpose. That's dumb because then you make it a two point game and you have to kick the ball back to the Vikings. And now the Vikings can kick a field goal and win the game. Literally the only thing you can't do there is fumble it and let the Vikings score a touchdown on the fumble. Uh, I mean, if you, you don't take a safety on purpose, obviously, but if you happen to get a safety on a running play or something, it doesn't kill you. Uh, you still have a chance to win the game. Luckily, they pulled a little bit of a rabbit out of their hat to even force it to overtime. But yeah, it was probably the game of the year so far in the NFL. Um, and it was it was kind of based around the variety of things that happened in the game, too. Like when the Chiefs and Bills played in the playoffs last year, there was there was offensive haymakers going back and forth. But that's all it really was is like one offense scores, the other offense scores back and forth this had defense special teams turnovers kind of the whole nine yards yeah i can't i can't believe i didn't even when i was going through what happened in the game i didn't even mention the fumble on the zero yard line that that let the vikings um go ahead or the fact that on that last drive that the bills went down and tied it that definitely wasn't a catch by gabe davis and the nfl just decided not to review it and just keep rolling like a lot so many crazy things in that game Again, the NFL wins because the product is just crazy. They're, like, there's crazy shit happening every week. Yeah. I want to get a, another takeaway from you, Scott. But first, Intern P, just real quick, what do you think about Kirk Cousins? <laughs> you know how I feel about Kirk Cousins. I think he's a solid quarterback, and I think we're seeing it now. I mean, I do think he got bailed out at least five times by Justin Jefferson, who is the best wide receiver in the NFL, no doubt in my mind. Um, I, just, I just think, like you said, once it comes down to prime time, He's not going to be that guy anymore. I mean, we, he hasn't shown it his whole career. And I think he's a good 1 p.m. quarterback. Yeah, the I, I want to get on to the next thing. But it's funny, Scott mentioned in the beginning there, kind of like the old guys fighting back and Rodgers and Brady getting wins this weekend. It kind of, you wonder it when the NFC playoffs come around and Tom Brady's facing Kirk Cousins, like, are we going to just see Rodgers and Brady uh, now the Packers have an uphill battle to even make the playoffs at this point, but are we going to see these guys shine again because there's nothing to go against? I mean, the answer is yes, probably the worst, the, the worst news for everyone with the Vikings winning that game is we have to see Kirk cousins wear that effing chain again on the plane. Who like we need? Kirk we, didn't, we didn't mention, we didn't mention that uh, social media. Jake is, is joining us tonight. He's probably going to have to create another reel with Kirk cousins doing some stupid shit on the plane. Yeah. And also, who wore it better, Kirk Cousins or Adam Schefter? Dude, Adam Schefter should not take his shirt off ever. We need to get Adam Schefter versus intern P at Beer Pong. That's what I thought when I saw that video. <laughs> I mean, ESPN, Schefter, if you're listening, come to Wichita Thanksgiving. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, they've taken Corny to a whole new level with that kind of stuff. But I digress. I know. I'm, I'm tired of it. I wish everyone would just move on to the Bro Storm Sports platform. Other quick hitters, I already mentioned them a, a couple times, but you had the, the Packers kind of salvage their season. You had the Bucks beat the Seahawks. Um, the Cowboys blow it in that same game versus the Packers. I think those were the other kind of big storylines, which actually all of those teams are in some of the great games for next week. 
So I think it, I think it tees up for a couple like interesting storylines that'll carry in from week 10 to week 11. Yeah, I can't disagree. Obviously, we'll have our best bet segment coming up and we'll get into some of the games coming up next week. But I, I mean, you can't help but wonder like what what are the Cowboys? It, it, on one hand, they look like I mean, the NFC doesn't look great and the Cowboys look like a team that can compete for an NFC title. But on the other hand, Mike McCarthy's their head coach. So and Dak Prescott's their quarterback, which is just maybe a slight take up from Kirk Cousins. Yeah, the Dak Prescott thing is really confusing because he's I saw some nerd wallet stat that was like the Cowboys are something like seven and 27 when the Cowboys throw the ball more than 60 percent of the time with Dak Prescott as quarterback. So there's this weird dynamic where when Dak's their quarterback, they trust him to throw more. They don't run the ball as much, and they're actually not as good as when Cooper Rush is playing quarterback. And that's, that makes sense because, like, what was his best year? They went 13-3 and when he was a rookie. They just pounded Zeke all the time. Yeah. The problem is Zeke is, well, he didn't play this week, but he's not as good as he used to be. And Tony Pollard is fairly explosive, but you can't just pound him like you could Zeke in the past. Now they'll be better off when they have the combination of the two so they can run more, but it's still upon the coaching staff to do it that way. What do you got on the, I don't know why, what do you got on the dolphins? Seven and zero with two, went ahead like first place in the AFC East. Yeah. It's interesting. The dolphins might actually be good. Um, and Tua looks like an NFL quarterback at the very least. The, the more interesting perspective on it is the, is the Tyree kill thing. Um, Somehow, the, so there was always this question around the Chiefs uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Like, is it Patrick Mahomes or is it the weapons? Is it Andy Reid? Uh, the answer is it's it's all of it. But with Tyreek Hill leaving, there was kind of like this pseudo A-B test. Like, how will Patrick Mahomes look? How will Tyreek Hill look? One without the other. And somehow they're both winning the argument. Like, yeah, I know. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes and is doing everything he's done in the past when he had Tyreek Hill. But Tyreek Hill is making Tua Tungavailoa look like Patrick Mahomes at the same time. So it, it, it's an interesting question. And it's it's hard to I mean, the, the answer is obviously Patrick Mahomes was going to be great no matter who he had. But Tyreek Hill was also a big factor in all of that as well. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't have much else to add. I, I I think yeah, Tyree I think Tyreek makes Tua look a heck of a lot better than he is, and I'm I'm still waiting for someone who's going to put some pressure on Tua, hit him a couple times with the whole concussion thing, and see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, in the book on Tua is like he's a great distributor. He's he's great with great weapons. When he was at Alabama, he had four first round picks between Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, and uh, Jerry Judy, all on the same team. And so he just distributed the ball and he looked great where the stock started like falling on him. And it's not even his own fault, but it's like Mac Jones comes in the next year. He'd been a third stringer his entire life or his entire Alabama career. And you put him with all those weapons and he damn near wins the Heisman and Devonta Smith does. And so now you put Tua in with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill in the NFL, a couple of decent running backs, Mike Gusecki, Cedric Wilson, and he looks kind of like he did at Alabama. But like you said, when somebody puts a little bit of pressure on him, will the other shoe drop? And what happens to Miami when they get into a game where they're not just moving the ball up and down the field? Because they've been in a lot of shootouts, and I'm not sure how their defense is going to hold up when Jacoby Brissett's not the quarterback on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, we probably we, – we can't belabor the Miami thing too much, but their schedule's been easy. It's get, it gets hard the next four or five weeks. So I, I think we'll learn about Miami. Yeah, everybody in the AFC East has a pretty hard remaining schedule just given the fact that the whole division's over 500 and they're going to start playing each other a lot. Right. Should we um should we look ahead to week 11 a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Not a ton of good games in week 11, at least at least just looking at it. But the thing that's interesting is the um, some of the most interesting things we saw in week 10 tend to carry over. So like in my mind, we've got a couple teams that we left for dead. Um, the Packers, uh, specifically the Packers and then um, the Bucks. And then we've got a couple teams where all of a sudden we're like, shit, are they as good as we thought they were? Which when we wrote this, I, I mean, the Eagles, I think, are still as good as we thought they are. But 
you got the Bills who have now lost two in a row, and you got the Cowboys who blew a fourteen point lead at Green Bay. Um, so, to the, but two games next week that are really interesting. One is actually maybe biggest upset of the season. The Thursday night game might actually be good. Um, you've got the Titans at the Packers. Um, we'll get into best bets, but Titans are are getting three points at the Packers. We'll see if the Packers can keep can keep the momentum going. They're four and six. Uh, I think if they get a win next week, they might actually start clawing their way back into being able to get the seven seed in the NFC. Titans actually have a good defense, I think. Well, but then again, the Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the league, and the Packers put up 31 points to get them last week. Um, so that game's interesting. And then probably the game of the week. It is not primetime. I don't know how the Vikings and Kirk Cousins are getting so lucky, but it is the featured game in the late window. Um, it's Cowboys-Vikings. Cowboys at the Vikings. The Cowboy, the Vikings are 8-1. and one. The Cowboys are actually favored by one point, which shows you how much people... People respect Kirk Cousins about as much as intern P does. But that's going to be a really interesting game. The Cowboys, I don't know, are reeling a little bit from Dak not being able to throw the ball, throwing two picks, Mike McCarthy throwing his headset on the sideline. Um, and the Vikings just came out of off a tough five-quarter overtime game against the Bills. So um, that's a really interesting one. Yeah, and I wonder if that factors into the spread at all. Uh, you also wonder, uh, I have this debate sometimes on my radio show, is the late window prime time i say no but maybe it's close enough for Kirk cousins to suck uh the interesting thing with the bills and, and you you ask the question like are they as good as we thought they were generally you'd say the best way to like reestablish yourself as a dominant team is to go out and have a dominant performance and basically close the door on the questions and win by two or three touchdowns the problem for the Bills is, is what everybody questions is, is can they win close games? And so when you, if you go out and beat the Browns by two touchdowns as nine and a half point favorites, that's not going to answer anyone's questions about you. So I don't think week 11 answers a whole lot about for us, a whole lot for us about the Bills, unless they somehow lose to the Browns, in which case then you start to lean towards maybe they aren't as good as we thought they were. Uh, yeah, I think the Bills are on interesting team watch until further notice like i agree josh allen's such a front runner um it's it's weird but he like he's great when the bills can just blow people out by 21 points but the game gets tight and he starts doing weird shit yeah i'm really not worried about josh allen though i think i think he's hurting with that elbow right now um i uh, i'm not worried about him at all i think it's just a he had a bad game this week and if he doesn't fumble that ball this is a totally different conversation we're having about the bills right now dude how do you explain the fact that he threw the ball 30 other times and was just like throwing like had a cannon throwing down the field and then all of a sudden when he throws it directly to patrick patrick peterson it's his elbow well that's the problem is that he's just that guy are you sure you, sure you haven't been drinking <laughs> i am sure um the problem is, is that's just his game like that's he's the gunslinger and then when he makes those kind of mistakes they just they look so bad but when he isn't throwing it to Patrick Peterson, we love him, and I, I still love him. So, P, quick answer: Who's better, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Mahomes, still. I mean, Josh Allen hasn't really proven anything yet. Mahomes has a Super Bowl; he's carried teams, and Josh Allen is that guy still. But he's not on Patrick Mahomes' level. And I'm not even a Chiefs fan. For the record, that's what I was going to say. Intern P, not a Chiefs fan. Just thought we'd get that out in the open. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, well, first of all, skeptical look from social media, Jake in box four. I just want to put that on record. Um, the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes debate. What I want to say is that Josh Allen is going through the same thing that Mahomes went through last year with the whole, like, he's a gunslinger. He's turning the ball over some, um, and he's just got to clean it up. But I, I think it's different because Allen doesn't have near the resume in close games that that Mahomes does. And so he like he hasn't I'm with you in P like he doesn't he hasn't proven the like time in and time out the ability to do that and the ability to do that in big games late in the season like Mahomes has. Yeah. The other thing and not to like not to belabor the point or like go too far in on the Patrick Mahomes love since the listeners know we're Chiefs fans, but he's shown bounce back ability. Like how many times have you seen the offense for the Chiefs look like they can't like everybody's figured out the chiefs now. And then the next game they come out and blow the doors off someone case in point. They didn't have their best game against the Titans, even though they got a win, 
And then they came out against Jacksonville and the offense looked like it was clicking on all cylinders again. And so Josh Allen's going to like have to show that over time when he has a bad game. How does he look the next game? Yeah. All right. Last point I'm going to make about the Chiefs. And I know we probably get got to get out of this segment, but I was thinking on Sunday night. Uh, the Eagles played the Jaguars earlier in the year. They beat them by 11 points. They, the Jaguars turned the ball over four times. The Eagles turned the ball over zero. Chiefs played the Jaguars yesterday. The Chiefs turned the ball over three times. They easily beat them by 10. That game was never, never close. And I was just thinking about those two games, thinking, like, if, if, you, t- if you neutralize the turnovers, the Chiefs are a way better team than the Eagles. And then, you, and then the Eagles went out tonight, and you saw what they look like when they actually lose the turnover battle. Um, so so it's it's interesting. They've had a whole season of basically winning the turnover battle. Yeah, that that is more variance than necessarily like um, something that you can replicate every week. Yeah, I agree with you that the turnover battle can be variance, but it is also a skill. Like, I think that's part of the Eagles MO is that they're going to win the turnover battle. And the Chiefs have been horrible at taking the ball away this year. So they've been winning despite that. And a lot of times those trends in turnovers change a lot season to season but a lot of times when a team gets on a roll in turnover margin they can sustain that throughout an entire season and then the next year it's just gone and that's where you see regression in the record uh but the since since we're talking chiefs i'll just get out on this on the segment that chiefs chargers game next sunday night is a pseudo elimination game for like the chargers having a chance to win the afc west uh, if the Chiefs yeah. if the Chiefs win, they're three games up with the tiebreaker on the Chargers, and the vaunted AFC West probably goes to Kansas City again. I think it probably does either way, but it but that game is going to go a long way in determining that. So that's some of our NFL takeaways from Week Ten. Looking forward to Week Eleven a little bit. In the next segment, we're going to get into our best bets and talk about some more Week Eleven games. Keep listening. Having an event that needs amazing entertainment? Hi-Fi Productions is the way to go. They bring their mobile dueling pianos and provide a highly interactive and fun show that's perfect for fundraisers, corporate events, or any kind of party. Is somebody getting married soon? Hi-Fi also provides the best wedding DJ service around, winning Wedding Wire's Couples Choice Award four years in a row. They know how to pack a dance floor. Based in Wichita, Kansas, visit HiFiProductions.net to book your unforgettable event. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports, where intern P thinks he's better than the Vegas odds makers. And on that note, we're going to get into our best bets for this week. Scott, how did we do last week? Before we get into last week, I have two comments. I was just on our social media account, and it made me think we forgot to talk about Jeff Saturday. The whole the whole world thought Jim Irsay was drunk for hiring Jeff Saturday as the interim coach, and then he goes out and beats the Raiders. Yeah, the best part about the Jeff Saturday thing is that like he was an analyst two weeks ago and literally tweeted out to the effect the Raiders are terrible while he was still an analyst. So he would look like a real asshole if he lost that game. So it's I mean like he won the game, but it's a good thing he won. The be- the best thing I've heard on the Jeff Saturday hire, which was before he won, was that they would have been better off hiring Mina Kimes than Jeff Saturday. <laughs> which 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 i agree with but it it turns out that he's a motivator of men or that the raiders are terrible um also Derek Carr cried after the game so anyways that and then i just i i really do we're talking getting into next week i really do not like to compliment intern p but i thought he would be coming in here with his chest a little puffed up because he not only did he pick the commanders to cover Against the Eagles, I think he might have said... I've been getting texts from buddies saying the interim piece said on air that the commanders were going to win. Is that true? I did say that. I just... I'm, I like to take my wins with my head high. I don't really like to to throw it in your face because um, that's how you lose next week. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this next week, making a call just like that. Did your, did your mom slash Sasha's wife teach you that? No, she doesn't know how to win. That's the problem. <laughs> Like, I don't, not a thing. I'm a great yeah, right. bag again. All right. All right. How do we do? We um did not have as good a week as we've been having. Uh, so, Sasha, 
you were let me make sure I get this right. You were one on one, one and one. You picked the Colts to cover four against the Raiders. They won outright. Jeff Saturday um, truther. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh and then you picked the Cowboys to cover minus five against the Packers. The Packers went outright. Man. Um, so you're one and one. That takes you to ten and four on the season. Still pretty damn good. I felt Still another two up. and oh week coming. At about twenty eight fourteen Dallas over Green Bay. Yeah, I know. It didn't materialize. Turns out you didn't plan on Christian Watson Watson being the second coming of I don't know. Devontae Jody Adams. Jody Nelson. Jody Nelson. No. Uh, intern Pete, you were also one and one. You picked the Commanders plus 11 against the Eagles. They won outright. Uh, you also picked the Rams to cover two and a half against Arizona, which turned out to be a very shitty pick. Um, so one and one for you. That brings you to seven, six, and one on the season. Still above 500. Uh, I also went one and one. I am nothing but not mediocre. Seems like I go one and one every week. I picked the Bears to cover two and a half against Detroit. They were up like 14 in the third quarter, and then they blew it against the fighting Dan Campbells. Uh, and then I picked the Titans to cover two and a half against Denver. They won 17 to 10. If I was smart, I would have just took the under in the Denver game because the, the Broncos go under every week. Um, so one and one for me, that takes me to six, seven and one on the season. We went three and three this week, which means we lost the rip and the juice to Vegas. So not our yeah. strongest week, um, but we're, we're coming, coming for another strong week this week. I got to tell you, Scott, I need to talk to you about your attitude because like the way I, <laughs> I didn't remember all the, all the picks heading into that little segment that you just did about how we did. And the way you started out, I thought we were t- one and five at best two and four. Oh, not as good as previously. Hey, take your three and three to the bank because yeah, you'll lose the juice, but it's, it's a lot better than it could be when you're dealing with Vegas. Thank you for the advice and words of motivation, Sasha. You are correct. We're still six games over 500 on the year, um, which is better than any other sports co- podcast you're listening to or sponsoring. It's interesting because I'm also six games over 500 on the year. <laughs> Who's making first picks this week? Let's go intern P. Intern P. All right, sounds good. So with my first pick <laughs> in this in this draft it's, that we have, it's not a draft. Um, it's gonna be uh, hey, could P. You got to talk. We've been doing this for seven weeks. You got to talk into the mic. Okay. Gizzes. Okay. <laughs> so my first pick is uh, Buffalo minus nine and a half against the Cleveland Browns. I think that they are not very happy they lost to the Vikings. And I think they're going to come out and absolutely stomp, stomp on the Cleveland Browns. I think they might win my 17. I might tease it to 17, actually. I think Josh Allen is going to show us why. He's going to show us why he is the MVP. Well, not really. but And then my second pick, I think we're talking in the break about fishy lines. I think Atlanta minus three is really fishy against the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears looked really good this last week. I know they lost to the Lions, but the Falcons look terrible. So I'm going to take the Falcons minus three against the Bears. Oh, fading yourself. That classic trick. Yes, it Inter- normally works Inter- every he single loves time. loves to fade himself. Why, while we're on the topic of the mic, just real quick, since Scott had to remind you to talk into your mic, is your mic like hanging from the ceiling right now? No, it's like lashed onto a table right now, dude. It's pretty lit. <laughs> All right. It's just like where do you guys, facing straight where, down. Where do you guys put yours? Most of them come with a mount. You mount them to the desk. Do you have a desk oh, in there? Yeah. Or are you just like... Uh, no, I'm on my kitchen table. I'm on a, ki- a kitchen table. <laughs> I, can, I can't afford a desk, dude. Oh, Sasha. This, Sasha, this is... Re- in, intern P talking so much is reminding me of what I was supposed to say after break, which is that... Um, we, we learned in last break that intern P doesn't even listen to the podcast. Like we've been doing for this for seven weeks. He's never actually listened to the podcast. Go download I'm, it. Pump up. Our I stats, do, no, no, I do download it. Sponsors. No, I do download it, but I'm here right now. Like I'm already, yeah. I'm already listening to it. We're going to get into this Scott's week, this here in a second, but my advice to the listening public would be to fade intern P's listening habits. <laughs> And always listen to the podcast. 
Right, I'm going to listen to it this week. Picks from here on out, remainder of the season. Let's hear your Scott. Let's do your picks. All right. Um, I actually was intrigued by several lines this season. I'm going to pull an intern P and go back to the well um, that won me a game in week 10. Uh, Raiders plus two and a half at the Broncos. Um, Sorry. Actually, I'm going the opposite direction. Jeez. I must already be, must already have had too many beers. Um, Raiders plus two and a half at the Broncos. It's a division game at home within three points. Um, And I think Denver is a better team. Uh, I'm going to take Denver to cover two and a half points in at home in Denver. I think the Raiders are done. I think the loss to Jeff Saturday, putting a teardrop on his face. Um, I think the Raiders are done and the Broncos, uh, I think are still fighting for their lives and maybe one more win. Denver struggles to score, but Las Vegas is dead last in defensive DVOA. Dead last in the league in defensive DVOA, which means that Russell Wilson might be able to score a couple points. Uh, And Las Vegas can move the ball, but to move the ball, they either have to run, which Denver has a really good run defense, or throw it to Devontae Adams. Um, Turns out the Broncos have Pat Sertan. So I think the Raiders struggle to move the ball. I'm taking the Broncos to cover two and a half at home against the Raiders. Okay, real quick. I know you thought I was going to ask you this in a previous episode a couple weeks ago, and I didn't. So here it comes. See, I pick up on this stuff because I actually listen to the podcast. What does DVOA stand for? Uh, Defensive value over replacement. I don't actually Maybe average defensive value over average <laughs> defensive value over average. Shit. Quit asking questions. My second pick. Uh, <laughs> first pick is the, the Broncos covering two and a half against the Raiders. Uh, second pick. I'm also taking a division game with a big home underdog. Um, and the trend this season has been that when you got a big home un- underdog, they cover. Um, they covered approximately 60% of the time when the spread is over seven points. Quit shaking your head, Sasha. What are you shaking your head about? I going, and I, I feel like it's not true to your brand. It. It's not true to my brand. Uh, everyone, every listener on this show knows that I hate Cliff Kingsbury. But there's a, there's a kicker here. There's a kicker here. I think that Kingsbury and the Cardinals are actually better when Kyler doesn't play and he might not play this week. Um, so I'm taking the Cardinals plus eight at home against the 49ers. Um, division rivalry, eight points at home. That's a big-ass line. Um, and the Cardinals have traditionally given the Niners trouble under Kingsbury. They've won three out of the last four. And Jimmy G looks terrible. I don't know if you watched that game on Sunday night, but he can barely throw the ball over 10 yards. Like, his only hope is that Ayuk or Debo, or McCaffrey breaks a tackle. Um, and so, again, like, I actually think it's better if, um, uh, geez, why am, why am I blanking on, if Colt McCoy plays rather than Kyler Murray. Uh, either way, I think the Cardinals cover the eight points. Yeah, I actually, I looked at that game, but then in the back of my mind, I was like, Scott tells me the Cardinals are terrible. I can't pick them to cover anything against the 49ers who the 49ers it's interesting they're they're very up and down like they'll have a good game or two and then a bad game and they've been that way for years and they just had a good game against the Chargers won the game so I don't hate the pick to be honest with you I agree it's off brand I had to zag a little bit I'm getting hammered by betting so we'll go with it and it's a primetime game so I think it's going to be pretty low scoring and I think that does bodes well for the Cardinals there. You got some stats on primetime games being low scoring. Is that a thing? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a thing. I mean, I could you just probably watch the games and nobody ever scores any points in them. <laughs> that's that's true. Actually, let me let me see if I can right. find it. Do, do your Sasha. Let me see if I can find it. All right. I got a few options here. I was looking at some of the stuff that you guys think. I was actually can't believe Scott just picked the Broncos and the Cardinals like his two least favorite teams in the league. So I guess that's the sign of a good better, um, you know, not getting too caught up in his own biases. 
we'll see how that plays out for him. But division games at home, baby. I'm gonna go like I said it the other week uh, when I took the Bills like minus double digits against the Jets, and I said I I hate double digit favorites in the NFL, and I went against my trends. Uh, because I thought the Bills were going to come out and blow them out because they didn't put their foot on the neck of the Packers or whatever. But I'm going to go back to my roots and my traditional way of thinking about things. The biggest spread this week is a 13-point spread, Ravens-Panthers. And I'm going to go Panthers plus 13. Uh, The Panthers have been staying in games. They've been playing hard, uh, even though they traded away all their good players. The only thing that gives me pause is that PJ Walker hurt his ankle in their last game. And I think Baker Mayfield's starting, but I'm not going to let that sway me. Uh, Baker came in at the end of the Cincinnati game and obviously they did get blown out in that game, but they won last week. Um, and 13 is a lot of points. Uh, the Ravens also a lot of times just play ball control when they get a lead. Uh, they don't necessarily blow teams out all the time. And when you take 13 points, you always have a chance of a backdoor cover. Like the Ravens could easily be up 18, 19 points in this game. And then Carolina scores a garbage time touchdown and you cover. And Carolina loves garbage time points. So I'll go Carolina plus 13. And what is Sa- Sasha and or P? What is your take on Baker Mayfield headbutting? all of the Panthers players in the post-game line without a helmet on. <laughs> I I didn't see that. It's pretty hard, yeah, though, I if you did do that. I missed that, too, somehow. Yeah, I, I, it's I'm pretty hard. I'm surprised that Intern P missed that. I, I, he, I might have to go watch it real quick. Did, did he get a concussion? I'd rather than be starting Sam Darnold with me taking them. <laughs> I think they were hoping it would. Anyway, sorry, Sasha, move, second pick. My second pick... I've said it once. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. I know a trap line when I see it, but I always eat the cheese. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking the Vikings plus one against the Cowboys. I like, it looks like a trap line. They're at home. They're eight and one. The Cowboys have four losses on the year. So why are they plus one? But I still think like the Cowboys Vikings don't have four are, losses. Three, three, I think. I'm giving them an extra one because they're about to lose this game. One thing about the Vikings being eight and one, they've been winning close games this year. Like they haven't been dominating teams. So if you're giving me one point and it ends up being a close game, if the Vikings come out on top, I trust them more in a close game than the Cowboys. So I'll take the Vikings plus one over the Cowboys. Yeah, I like the pick. I stared at that one a long time. I can't, I can't for the life of me figure out why the Cowboys are favored, but it. It feels a lot like the Seahawks uh, Bucks game last week where for the whole week, I'm like, why are the Seahawks not favored? The Seahawks are better. And then Vegas screws you again. And it turns out Tampa Bay wins because Tom Brady's their quarterback and he's better than Geno Smith. German home field advantage. Uh, We didn't get to this earlier. And, uh, but probably the greatest thing the Buccaneers did in that game was they were like, Hey, our quarterback's 45 He's probably the best thrower of the football of all time. I've got an idea. Let's have Leonard Fournette throw him a fade route. And uh, as you can, as you saw, it worked out swimmingly. Fournette threw an interception. Brady almost rolled his ankle. So I, I wanted to get that in tonight, and I forgot about it earlier. So I'm glad that you led me back into that. I mean, I t- teams that have Tom Brady their, as their quarterback have t- tried that at least five or six times in the history of his career, and I feel like it always ends up exactly like that. All right. Quick, quick thought, Scott, before we get out of this segment. Uh, we never, it seems like we never go to the Chiefs games on these picks and ne- none of us picked it. So this doesn't, it's not an official pick or anything, but do you have any thoughts on Chiefs at Chargers with a seven point spread? Chiefs favored? Uh, no, because I think it'll be close. Like it should be a close game. Division rivalry. The Chargers are good. They're so banged up. Like, I'm just thinking about that game there last year. So it's a stay away for me because I could easily see the Chiefs winning by a touchdown. But in my mind, it should be close. Yeah. Are the Chargers uh, good? Are, hold on. Are they good, though? We keep saying they're injured and we're waiting on them to get healthy, but they have not looked good all no, year. 
I Not don't think time. the Chargers are that good to answer your question. I think, to Scott's point, though, they usually play close games against the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs There's to win, also, but I don't know that I'd want to lay the seven. Yeah. There's also no question in my mind that Herbert can move the ball against the Chiefs. Fair enough. You heard it here first. Herbert can move the ball against the Chiefs. Uh, that's probably true. That was our best bet segment. On the other side, we're going to get into some uh, NBA storylines, but we're going to do it in a fun way. Got some NBA quotes for you. See how good Scott and intern P's guessing skills are. Stay with us. Welcome back into Brostorm Sports. We're having a good time tonight. Got a lot of NFL action uh, underway. Uh, gave you our best bets and NFL takeaways. But we're going to do something a little bit different here in this next segment. We're going to get to some NBA news or just NBA takeaways from the season so far. But the way I'm going to set this up, I have uh, four quotes here that various people in the NBA made at media days before the season started. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give Scott the quotes. I want him to guess who made the quotes, what, who or what they were talking about. And then also we're going to evaluate uh, how the, how the quotes are doing so far. I got to be honest. I'm very, I'm very nervous. Yeah. We'll start with this one. I got I got no advance notice or details from Sasha on this, so yeah, this you got to go very. You got to roll with it. Usually, Scott has the details, and I'm working on the fly. We're we're playing role rever- role reversal here, and I haven't even had a drink today. You don't put the cheapest right. gas in a Lambo, you know. You go to the pump, and you got the ninety three to ninety five, whatever that is. You put that in there because you don't want to be on the highway driving and hear your engine. No, you don't want that. This is probably the hardest one, by the way. <laughs> It'd be easier gonna, for you to is, guess who he's talking about. As a is it a player? Is it a, is it a player? A player said this about another player on his team. I feel like that was Paul George talking about Kawhi Leonard. That's that's not a bad guess. It's not right, but it, it's not a bad guess. Uh, how about how about James Harden talking about Joel Embiid? Also not correct. How about uh, Kevin Durant talking about Ben Simmons? Uh, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna let you off give on us one a, incorrect. I hate guess, <laughs> Give us a hint. Give us Think a about hint. Like, like, who's like a, a Lambo in the NBA? Like a like a sport, like a high powered sports car that could potentially break down. Oh I, well, is it someone talking about Russell Westbrook playing with the second team? Oh my god! You knew what Russell Westbrook is it? Giannis? Is it, is it Giannis? It's got to be Giannis. Be the best right? ass in this guy because his feet will fall off if you don't. I, it is okay. It was Larry Nance talking about Zion Williamson of the. Uh, Okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, You you gotta gotta put good gas in the Lambo, which or maybe uh, maybe you just gotta give the Lambo a diet. Yeah, that's that's potentially (laughs) Jake like that one. (laughs) That's uh yeah maybe the Lambo needs a little less gas. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Coincidentally, though, New Orleans is seven and six. Zion's averaging 23 and a half points per game on 56.6% shooting, playing 32 minutes a game this year, and has played in 11 of their 13 games, which for him, he's basically Cal Ripken Jr. at this point. Yeah. So they're seven and six. Um, he's been good on offense, he's been pretty atrocious on defense, um, which people, I think, forget that. In the NBA, to be a star, you really have to be a two-way player. Um, and I've read a lot of stuff about how Zion, like when Zion was in college, the guy was playing defense. Um, the Pelicans aren't getting much out of him right now. So um, good that he's on the court. Good that he's scoring points. But uh, again, maybe a little less gas than the Lambo, lighten up a little bit, and he can move his feet on defense. Yeah. Uh, but Pelican sneaky team, uh, intern P said that early in the season, we did our NBA preview. Let's move on to another quote. Yes. And no, I've talked to my teammates. I've talked to ownership organization, et cetera. I keep those conversations between us. All I can say is that now that I'm here, I'm ready to play basketball. I'm in great shape, probably the best shape of my life. So I'm excited to start the journey. Things have gotten gotten to the start that we wanted it to go but that's life sometimes so put your bet put our best foot forward and do what we got to do player who might have been on the move this offseason he he's not he wasn't on the move but there was potential for it 
he uh, wasn't well. That's clearly the Nets then, and either Kyrie or KD. Think other side. Jeez. The other Jeez. side of what? Of a potential. I mean, I might as well give it to you. the other side of a potential KD trade. I think James. Uh, oh, DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> no. You that guys suck at this game. That was good. Dude, this that is hard. hard. This is hard. It was Jalen Brown on KD uh, trade docs. Uh, oh, Jake had to jump Jake, in there. We'll allow it. He's here. So Jalen Brown on KD trade docs. Coincidentally, just making us look stupid. Jalen Brown playing 36.4 minutes a game this year, averaging 25.3 points, 6.8 rebounds, and 3.3 assists. And Boston is 11 and 3, leading the Eastern Conference. I mean, yeah, I get it now. I feel like it should have been DeAndre Ayton, who who was well before before he got locked up was the most likely other side of that KD trade, yeah. and he's also very unhappy to be playing in Phoenix. Yeah, well, Brown said that when he was asked if he'd talked to the front office about the trade discussions uh, that happened during the off season. The other reason it wasn't DeAndre Ayton is because Brown said that, and Ayton didn't. So that's kind of how quotes work. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. All right. Keep it, keep it rolling, genius. All right. Hopefully we don't start like last year, but it's not how you start. It's how you end. We ended pretty good. It was a good run. Not the best, obviously, but it was a good run. But we've got to start way better than last year. Dude, that could so be anybody. Me, like, Literally anybody. Let me uh, like give you some tea leaves here. It's probably a I'm, team that I'm got go. off to a bad start last year and then made a pretty decent run in the playoffs. Also, it was one of the best players in the NBA who said it. Mavericks, Luka Doncic. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. You guys got one. The Mavs are 7-5. and Doncic is averaging 34.3 points a game, 8.7 rebounds, and 8.1 assists. Clear early season favorite for MVP, I think. Although some people still be honest. I just just feel like they're they're one player short. Like... Losing Brunson hurt. They didn't really bring anyone back. Doncic scores a million points, but I don't know. You got to have someone else in the playoffs. I'm looking at the roster right now, dude. They have literally nobody. I mean, Spencer Didwitty, I guess. Christian Wood. I mean, they have JaVale McGee on the roster right now. That's There was another quote by Doncic, I think, somewhere along the line. And, like, I had a tough time finding it. But essentially, it was like, how much are you going to have to do this year? And he was like... Hopefully not that much, but probably basically everything. Um, and it's turned out to be pretty true. The good news about this segment is, is we'll have Owen cut out all that dead time where we sound real stupid. You're still going to sound stupid when you get the answers wrong. <laughs> all right, last one. This is one player talking about another player on his team. You can't really take everything you do in the game and put it in real life. Since I've been here, if I was to have a best friend on the team right now, for sure it'd be him. We spend most... the. We spend the most time together. We've been locked and lift weights together and all that stuff. So I'm super excited. Is that is that Joel Embiid for James Harden? No. So no. The player who said it is new to their team this year. The Cleveland Cavaliers made that up. The Cleveland Cavaliers said that Just, quote. <laughs> Darius, Darius Garland said that about Donovan Mitchell. No. Well, shit. Uh, is this team like over 500 right now? Okay. Oh, so it's working out well for him. All right. Uh, Pat Beverly and Russell Westbrook. Pat Beverly said that about Russell Westbrook. What's up? The Lakers are three and 10. Westbrook's (laughs) averaging 3.8 turnovers a game. And Pat Beverly starts every game and averages like four points a game. I mean, that was, uh, to be honest with you, that segment was hard. I feel like we did, we did, decent you guys did you as, good as the could be two. expected they were like uh two month old quotes so i'll give you that i'll give you a bonus give us a bonus give us a bonus here i'll give you one bonus and then we'll get out of here for the night who said two tall black dudes this is a more recent quote kylie jenner <laughs> it's like the number one guy in the nba that you would expect to say something that's quotable joel Embiid. no not a player NBA personality. Stephen Smith. Charles Barkley. They were putting up a graphic of the like big man duos, and it was like Elijah Wan and Samson 
David Robinson and Tim Duncan, McHale and Parrish, or it was three really great duos. And then they put up Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And he said, you can't put those guys up. That's just two tall black dudes. And then the other one was Robert Williams and uh, <laughs> Robert Williams and Al Horford for the Celtics. I agree with him. I mean, he's, his, his point is they haven't done anything to, des- to deserve to be on that list yet, which, which I agree. I generally agree with a lot of stuff that Charles Barkley says, as I'm sure into intern P does as well. Oh, he's funny. I like him. Charles Barkley, one of the greatest analysts in NBA history. Do you guys got anything to add before we close out this uh, close out this episode of Bro Storm Sports? I was looking for just a little insight from P on. I'm legit disappointed that like, did you at all try to slide into Giselle's DMs since the divorce, or just be honest with us? You just brought up Kylie Jenner. I I can't slide into her DMs. She won't follow me back. Like she has her DMs locked, so I never actually DM'd her. I know it's awful. Okay. You might want to you might want to talk to Jake about that. Some type of social media hack or something. I know she she deserves better than me though. It's fun. Interpol's confidence has gone down since we started recording Bro Storm Sports. I know it was all about those DMs. On episode, episode, one. episode one, he was riding a high, and now he's now he's like. It repeatedly declined by Giselle in the DM sphere, and 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 now he's just on an all time low. It's a good good commanders pick though this week. All right, that's all I had. I'm Thanks. I'm. Are we going to try to record live next week? We uh we have all of the bro storm components in Wichita next week, so we're going to give it a shot at recording live. Be on the lookout for that for you bro storm listeners. As always, if you listen this far, give us a five-star review, subscribe, follow us on the socials. We mentioned them a few times today, but Jake's doing some great things on Instagram and TikTok. We want your follows and uh, keep listening. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.